Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the After Later podcast. I'm your host, John Wessling. Thank you very much for joining me today. Um, appreciate all of you listening from around the world. My less than 1% uh, listeners in uh, in Australia. I might actually just be one person, but uh, whoever is listening to me in Australia, um, that's cool. Thank you very much. I hope you're still listening. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I, I decided, though, that now that I've started the, the second season of the After Later podcast that I'm not going to um, obsess over the analytics that are offered. Uh, I run my podcast on Anchor FM, and uh, um, they offer uh, tons of analytics, right? So you can check out uh, views, uh, where they're coming from, ages, and I would obsess about it. I'm still bummed out that uh, that I have like 10% or less uh, female listeners. I mean, that's I, I feel, I don't think like I'm some sort of Cro-Magnon idiot who only uh, appeals to dudes, but uh, the data would suggest otherwise. So now I've decided I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bug on it. I'm not gonna look at it. I'm just gonna make it for make it sake and and just let happen happens. Right? That's uh, it's the ignorance is bliss is the kind of the angle I'm going for with that. Uh, we'll see if that uh, if that plays out. More than likely it won't. More than likely in the next day or two I'll be like ah fuck it. I have to go look at it just to drive myself crazy. But I do know that I have at one less than one percent of my listeners are from Australia, and uh, and and but I have more more listeners that I have in Australia. I have in Bermuda, so at least two people have been listening to the podcast in Bermuda. That's cool to me. I don't know. I mean, I've been to a lot of different places working on cruise ships for the last five six years, and um, I've never been to Bermuda. That's one of the few spots out there, you know, little rocks poking up out of the sea that I haven't been to. Is Bermuda? I was supposed to go. Um, on one of the cruises that was just recently canceled, but, uh, but that didn't happen. <laughs> but uh, whoever is uh, stuck in Bermuda, there's at least two of them who uh, listen to the After Later podcast. That's very, very cool. Uh, let me give you just sort of the, the update of life as it is uh, uh, currently. Uh, the, the Westling family is still observing shelter in place for the most part. Uh, everyone in our neighborhood is not. No one seems to really give a shit. They are walking around being all weird. We've got neighbors who've had uh, contractors over just about every day crazy <laughs> so there's times like i literally don't want to go into my own yard because there's a bunch of dudes parked out front and working across the street uh so i'm like yeah hey, you know what i'm not gonna say anything they can do what they want to do i'm just um now i can't even go into my yard damn that's some bullshit right there but uh um today would have been officially the last day of school for my kids um i guess technically it still is the last day of school uh, summer has now officially begun in the Wesling household, and uh, this summer going to be uh, exactly like uh, the spring was. Sit around the fucking house, for the most part, driving each other crazy. Like I'm getting sick and tired of of eating my own food. I don't. I want. A, I want a burger so bad. You know. Now I could. You know, John wants to just go drive and pick some up. I can, and we do that every now and then. But for the most part, like we've tried to focus on making our own food. Right. We have our semi weekly. Uh, supply runs to various grocery stores, but uh, but yeah, man, I want to I want to go sit at a Mexican restaurant, get some greasy ass enchiladas, salsa, chips. Oh, sounds so good. Sounds so damn good. Today for lunch. See now, I feel like I've I've kind of regressed. I've regressed back to a bit of a college mentality. Today for the third day in a row. I have had um, frozen burrito slash chimichangas for lunch. 
just like I'm straight out of college. Kids are eating ramen, not because we're broke. I mean, we are all broke, but just because they like making ramen. So my kids are clearly jacked up on sodium, malnourished, eating wax noodles. But hey, they're enjoying it. You know, we make them super healthy food, rife with, uh, you know, fruit, vegetables, all that shit. They hardly eat it. We give them a big plate of MSG, slurp it up. <laughs> and I can't talk. I can't talk shit because I, uh, I demolished a bunch of frozen chimichangas. Probably not healthy. Covered them in cheese, jalapeno sauce. That's my life. You can hear the sink going behind me. One of the things, if you're a new listener, uh, you'll notice just by what you can hear by the ambient sound of the room, I'm not really focusing on maintaining professional broadcast uh, standards. You know what I mean? I'm not locked up in the room upstairs with no one bothering me in a nice, pristine, soundproof environment. Nope. That's not my style. I'm sitting in uh, my office slash kids video game room right next to my kitchen. So every now and then you hear the kids running around. My wife's in the other room uh, watching Tootsie for prepare for her podcast. Parental Misguided with Beck and Sarah. <laughs> so she's watching Tootsie right now. It's funny, though, because my, my wife will watch this movie and she's taking notes and uh, uh, she gets mad at the kids when they disturb her because I'm at work. I'm at work. I'm hard working watching Tootsie. <laughs> I mean, she is, but it's also funny at the same time. Now, um, if you didn't know, now you know, last week I uh, was a part of, uh, well, ended last week, I was part of the Coast to Coast Roast. I represented Team Houston. We wound up coming in third place. Very happy about that. We lost in the semifinals by six votes to the eventual champion, uh, Minneapolis. They went on to beat Seattle in the next round uh, to win the title. And cats off to those guys. Very, very funny dudes. I'm going to have them on um, in the next week or so. Uh, but... Uh, how do I put this delicately? They're from Minneapolis, Minnesota. If that rings a bell, you may have been paying attention to the news in the past couple days. <laughs> you know, and um, we've now entered the second phase of the beginning of the end of the world. Uh, riots. Knew that was coming. Um, yeah, Minneapolis is uh, currently uh, a bit of a hotbed. Racial tension and uh, discord and uh, riots. Uh, the tear gas business is booming in the Twin City right now. And, you know, I wish it wouldn't have happened at all. I wish that they uh, they would have done that to poor George Floyd for allegedly bouncing a check or writing a bad check or counterfeit. Whatever it was, it was less than $20. Right? That's the kind of thing you usually just get a ticket for. Or if you do get arrested, you get out without bond. But for some reason, these assholes thought they needed to put their knee in the back of his neck. Basically blocking his carotid artery, choking him out. And killing them. I wish it wouldn't have happened. But it did happen. And I wish if it had to have happened, that it would have happened last week so that we could, <laughs> right before we faced Minneapolis. That's horrible. That's a horrible thing to say. I know. I know it is. I know it's a horrible thing to say, but I'm a comic. And that's how we think about things. We can't really change the events of the news of the life that we live in, but uh, we're here only to mock them. And if it was going to have happened anyway, I wish it would have been last week. But let me just be clear. I wish it wouldn't have happened at all. I wish, you know, as my dad used to say, wish in one hand, shit in the other, and see which one fills up first. And of course, my retort to that being a smart ass was, well, dad, what if I wish for a handful of shit? And he said, well, dreams come true. And I always thought about that because the secret to happiness is to lower your standards. 
all you're wishing for is a handful of shit, well, then you're going to be the happiest person in in the in town. That's how that works. Hey, babe, how's Tootsie going? Tootsie's over. Tootsie's over? Tootsie's over. Okay. Tootsie holds up. Tootsie does hold up, yeah. doesn't it? Spoiler alert. You can listen to my podcast. Oh, yeah. I already I, I plugged it. I plugged it. I heard it. Parental Misguided? With Beck and Sarah. With Beck and Sarah. Available right here on Anchor. Ah, look at that. That's a triple whammy. What? I'm going to bill them for that. So let's get to the guest today. My guest today, a very, very funny woman. Uh, I got a chance to digitally meet her. Uh, she was representing Team Detroit uh, in the, the Coast to Coast Rose. I was very impressed by how smart her stuff was. It was very clever, very crafted. So many times these roast kind of battle things, uh, as you heard me talk about with Sarah Talamash, there's two different schools of thought, right? There's the, the old school Friars Club. You only roast the ones you love. And then there's the... Uh, the, the battle rap kind of philosophy where it's, it's a little bit more aggressive, a little more, you know, but more, a little more of a fuck you vibe to it. And a lot of the coast to coast roast, I'm not criticizing it here, but you know, it had a little bit of that. It was a little over the top, a little, a little broed out. And uh, her stuff I thought really cut through and was a little more smart uh, than, than, uh, than a lot of the other stuff was no, no, no offense to the other people. Mean jokes are some of the best jokes, but they are mean. Let's just be honest. Her stuff was a little more uh, crafted. So I thought, want to reach out. I know um, uh, the coronavirus life situation is, uh, has touched her uh, in some personal ways. So she had a little bit of a raw edge to her. And I wanted to I wanted to talk to her and I wanted to bring her to to my listeners, to my one listener in Australia, my two listeners in Bermuda. What's up, y'all? <laughs> so without further ado, from Detroit, Michigan, Sam Rager. Good morning, Sam Rager. Good morning, John. Uh, I, I always feel weird when I'm doing a podcast of mentioning like either the day of the week or the time of the day because it's so completely nonlinear and people are going to listen whenever they listen. So I feel weird saying it, but you know what? I feel like it's appropriate. I, I, I'm in morning mode. I'm drinking coffee. I've already yelled at my children. You know, this is how you get your blood moving at the beginning <laughs> of the day. <laughs> the standard exercises. Yeah, exactly. That's just what you do. Hey, I got to tell you, uh, for the listeners, uh, Sam Rager uh, uh, from Detroit. I don't know if you're currently in Detroit or not, but uh, um, you represented Team Detroit in the Coast to Coast Roast, and I thought you did fantastically. I was uh, uh, blown away. You had some very, very smart, very, very funny cutting bits. It was, it was great. Um, I thought you guys took a couple of bad bounces. You know what I mean? I thought there was a couple of mm -hmm. questionable votes where I thought you guys had it. It was tough, but that's you can't have a contest without having some 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 upsets along the way. But I thought you definitely showed well for your city and showed well for yourself. So bravo to you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I loved your material. I was so excited because I looked everyone up before the competition and I, I loved your album and I, I loved like the content that you had out on, on YouTube, uh, whether it, you I didn't look at whether you posted it yourself or somebody posted it of you, but it's good. <laughs> well, thanks. Thank you. Hey, that's what we do now, right? That's uh, Remember the good old days when you could just be a comic and go work clubs and do shows and maybe wake up in the morning and do radio, and that was pretty much it. Now, the, it's forced us to work so hard for so little, right? We have to put stuff up. You got to post stuff. You got you to gotta work social media. And like what other people do for fun is like, they they found a way to turn comedy into like a clerical job. <laughs> yeah, that 
Uh, it's it's wild how much uh, how much stuff goes into comedy. Yeah, right. I think people think it's it's just getting on a stage and saying some jokes, but I mean, I miss I, that. I wish. I miss yeah, that. Yeah, I miss that. Yeah, I remember the old the old uh, stereotype was that we're all just a bunch of losers who sleep till noon, get high, you know. I mean, roll into the show wearing a hoodie. <laughs> You know what I mean? Get drunk, chase ass. You know, like oh, that's like that's the old days. Now you got to get up in the morning. You have like four or five times a day where you're supposed to post stuff on social media when it's busy. You got to promote the shit out of shows where you can't go back. You know, like god damn, they they fucked us. They found a way to turn this into a into a job. It's bullshit. <laughs> I well, uh, oh, I feel. Oh yeah. Oh, no, you Go don't. ahead. I'm sorry. I, I was blinking out there. I was going to ask. I, I, let's let's learn a little bit more about you, Sam. How long you been a comic? Uh, 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 I, I want to hear some some the the biography of Sam Rager, Rager here. <laughs> uh, I've been doing comedy for for eight years, and I started when I was uh, finishing up college in Detroit, and I, I still am here. But Detroit, the cost of living has gone uh, super high, and so I've been forced out. To the suburbs. <laughs> now that's, uh, um, and then I, I just don't think most doing... people know that. I don't think most people know that the cost of living in Detroit is getting high. It's the, the 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 dominant paradigm is that Detroit's an affordable city that you could basically just move downtown, take over an old house, clean up the yard, and boom, it's yours. That's what that's what HGTV <laughs> would make you think that it's just urban decay yeah. rife for the flipping. <laughs> That is like such a it's it's like every um every roast battle we went into uh like they brought that up and I'm like no like I wanted to be like no it's not like that anymore uh, I wish it was I wish because it used to be so much cheaper and you could walk without having to deal with like a a bunch of um like the I don't know how to a, a North Face like uh, Valley girl-ish mm-hmm. kind of people and then now that it's like uh like all of the white flight is just coming back oh no that's the worst <laughs> it's like it's like when the, you know like when the tsunami happens and it like at first it draws all the water away and then it rushes back in that's what white flight is like first they, they everyone <laughs> runs out to the burbs and then everything falls apart, and then they whee, they flood back in the the the, the gentrifying <laughs> army that just sort of takes back over. Everything. <laughs> yes, and the roads the roads are not designed. The a lot of the infrastructure, like the highways and stuff, was designed during white flight, and it was like meant for people to leave, and it was not designed for people to stay. <laughs> <laughs> that is a trip. That is a, you know, I, one thing I noticed in, uh, in doing the roast. You know, you're you're researching about all the different cities, you know, and then you see common themes develop where you think that you're making fun of their city, but every city has um, uh, a horrible homeless problem. Every city has uh, police brutality against unarmed black men. You know, every city is a shithole. And you're like, wait a minute. I think, I think the overall, the 50,000 foot view here is we've got some serious societal problems going on here that we probably need to fix <laughs> yeah i thought i had that same exact thought it was so sad like if 
you if you just like erase the city name, yeah, you're right. So many of those could be blanket across every city in the road. And that I was getting, I was getting kind of bummed out about it as I'm like, you know, I, I kept looking for new research. Like I was, I was trying to find the new angle on something. I didn't want to go down a tired road, especially deeper into the roast where all the easy, all the page one Google search shit has already been done, right? So you had to kind of, you had to dig a little bit deeper, and like so, all the current news, the current statistics on it. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't know where in the country ranks number one as far as childhood literacy. Where's the least amount of child molesters? You know, I mean, all that horrible shit. Like everywhere, everywhere <laughs> seems to be fucking horrible. And then I'm like, oh, you know what? Here's what I'll do. I'll dig into the history of places. That's that's some un that's some undiscovered territory, right? There's got to be. And then, like, then you're like, okay. Then city, you find out that cities are founded on uh, racism and shittiness, and that there's been corruption <laughs> there for 200 years. I'm like, we suck. We just all suck. <laughs> yeah, it got like, oh, it was. It got so heavy some points too, uh, and it goes back to that thing where, like, oh man, I wish there was like a bar that I could just go tell some like slightly happier jokes <laughs> <laughs> right uh, that's the... mm-hmm. I will say this I, uh, uh, from our opponents along the way I learned a lot more about Houston like there was a couple that I thought were pretty informative you know like oh I, I guess I didn't know we were that big of a, a sex trafficking area I guess that's that's <laughs> that's something we need to work on that seems not good <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> It's like, yeah, I think, uh, like, uh, yeah, I learned so much about your city as well. Like, it was interesting. And you, you and Trey had some, like, good, good banter, like, when, like, when you would hear something, like a, a, a roast joke, you had, like, a good comeback, normally, or facial expressions, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird how you had to kind of figure out the strategy of how that thing went, because, you know, it was basically just a rotating, it's your turn, it's your turn, it's your turn, it's your turn, right? So you kind of had the, you had the, what strategy you were going to go with? The, uh, are you going to uh, return fire? Are you going to, whenever they say something, you have to have something quick right back and sort of take away the effect of their joke by making it funnier when you, what you said back to it. Or if they say something and it doesn't land all the way, are you supposed to just, you know, basically make the jerk off motion and go, okay, whatever, and then move on to the next one? Or, or just, <laughs> I, I think a lot of times I just went with, uh, I'm hard and I'm not paying attention. I'm just waiting for it to be my turn so I can say the shit I wanted to say. <laughs> Is that wrong? <laughs> no, that was that was a perfect way to handle it. Because I did, uh, like, I think look, we, we all know, like, well, we're in this together. But I did see, like, some uh, during some of the other rows, like, when people did have, like, um, uh, a more personal comeback, they... Uh, <laughs> they would get, like, offended. Like, you could see in their face, I'm like, ooh, uh a couple of people might be walking away from this roast. Uh, <laughs> not, not that. <laughs> yeah, that's. A, I I really thought about it because I, I the comics were supposed to be or were uh, I guess perceived to be thick skinned, right? We're all supposed to be just the super tough, and we can take a joke. But boy, you could really tell when something hit a bone, you know. And, uh, <laughs> and, was, and you, no, trust me, there was a couple where I was I had to poker face it, where I was like, oh, that hurt. Oh, I think it was against, against Philly because Pat Barker is just a, a goddamn maniac, 
and he was just ripping us to shreds. And I'm like, I was like, I was like almost that that kid in a school fight. Don't don't cry, don't cry, don't let them see that they hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was such a it was such an interesting experience, and and during such an odd time in 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 life, you know what I mean? I mean, I guess. One thing I, I I thought I wouldn't say was lacking in it, but maybe it was just the escapism of it. But we it wasn't really a lot of the content of of the roast battle, the whole tournament. It didn't really acknowledge much of why we're doing it so much, right? Like, why isn't this happening live at comedy clubs, or why is this happening at all? Because there's some there's a great amount of fucked up shit going on. You know, I I don't know about you, but I I personally I mean all the work I had between comedy clubs, cruise ships, everything gone, just gone. Even all of my backup plans are gone. Right. My kids are all home from school. You know, they missed basically half the, the last semester of school. They went home, they went for spring break and never went back. So there's like, there's, there's people that are getting sick and dying all over, but yet we're just, I guess it was just like you said, it was just the escapism of it all. But people are coming from a hard place in this, you know, and it's sometimes it feels odd to try to make jokes about it so soon and in the middle of it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I wish that that we did talk about it more because it was something that that was so, so glaring uh, as soon as people look up from their screen. Yeah, uh, that yeah, there's there's no like denying what's happening or like it's so hard to pretend like it's not because it's it's oozed into every facet yeah that's exactly it's crazy it. how no that's all right ooze is the perfect word because you can't stop an ooze you know what i mean it's just mm-hmm. it's everywhere it's just like it's just like this fucking virus itself you can't see it you can't you can't fight it you can't stop it it's just it's it's there and it's everywhere and it's it's fucked up. I mean, I, I'm having a hard time personally processing and dealing with the realities of the situation. You know what I mean? I've accepted it. I'm by no means am I in any kind of denial of the reality of the world we live in, but it's mm-hmm. a fucked up. Every now and then, I, I I literally I would say once a week at least, I just have to have a shutdown day of fuck it. You know, like I just have to say fuck it and focus on. The simple things of, you know, making, you know, food for the kids, walking around the yard, cleaning the house and just sort of checking my mind out of it because I feel like it's a little overwhelming. Yeah, especially with so many like differing viewpoints about how it should be handled as well. Like in Michigan, like with I mean, we we just got bumped like from number four in deaths like a couple weeks ago from Massachusetts. But there's still people who are like, no, we're fine. We got this. We can go out without without masks on. I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. Uh, but they they want. Yeah. Have, they want to reopen everything in Michigan. And if we I don't know if we were less. uh less death riddled uh than maybe but yeah and that fucked up i mean it's fucked up like the the scale of it is, is i think is is daunting and it's crazy like you in michigan i'm in texas right which to be honest two hot button states in the news as far as responding to this fucking poorly 
Let's just be honest about it, right? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you've got you've got crazy fucking military cosplay douchebags showing up at your state house and stuff and threatening your governor. We've got a governor who went the other direction and basically it's fine, open it back up, let's go tubing. Right. And it's just <laughs> mm-hmm. it seems so irresponsible and immature. And and I I can't help but think that it's just a it's a defense mechanism of denial, right? It's like uh they just can't process mm-hmm. that that this is real and therefore they're acting this way. I, I don't know. I have a hard time kind of coming to coming to grasp with it. Yeah, I, I yeah, it, the whole world has just been flipped. Like if somebody told me a year ago <laughs> that uh, I wouldn't be able to perform live, uh, that stores would be shut down, that there'd be uh, an illness that people are dying from that. A hundred thousand people have will have died from in like a span of two months. I would have been like, "What thriller back cover are you reading?" Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, it's fucked up. It's. I guess that's, I really. I guess I need to be. Oh, I always try to be sympathetic, right? I always try to imagine other people's perspectives because I just I know all people are human and human are frail. Hu- humanity is frail. And we're all, you know, weak in a sense, right? So I think if I was them, if I was these people, if I was in their shoes, is is this a reaction that I could, I could try on like a hat and see how it, how it goes? And I think that is it. It's just it's, it's such a big number. It's so everywhere thing that, that it almost feels like sci-fi. Like like is this a fucking dream? Is this a nightmare? Yeah. Oh, I. I'm wondering when people around are, because we just got to open stores to like a 10 person limit for most stores on Tuesday. So I'm like wondering when like some of the comics are going to start open mics again. Cause I know that some are like itching, like no matter yeah. what, to like get back out there in our, in our area. Have How there been you... a lot of shows? I was going to say, uh, well here in Houston, things are just kind of starting to, to, well, they've been allowed to kind of open for the last, like, say, week or two. But even then, they're noticing that the that the even though the supply is now available, the demand isn't. You know that. Oh yeah, they're open. Come on out, and then no one goes anyway because I think people are fucking common sense. At least, in a, in a, <laughs> you know, at this point, like, if if I was a, a bar, if I was a bar owner, and like two weeks ago I was allowed to be open. Uh, which is another completely fucked up thing, the way that essentially them reopening the states and lifting the states of emergency, it's not good. Mm-hmm. It's bad for business because it takes away their ability to to file insurance claims, to to get special relief funds. They're basically saying, oh, no, everything's fine. And you're not allowing people to open so much as now you're forcing them to be open, right? So if I'm that bar owner and I was effectively, passive-aggressively even, forced to open two weeks ago i'm not sure i'd want the first fucking people that come in because the first ones that come in are the crazy alt-right fucking 4chan fuckers who think it's all a hoax anyway (laughs) so now your your clientele is going to be the ones that are most likely going to be infected because they're dumb as fuck and walking around grocery stores with no mask licking doorknobs and shit and (laughs) and the ones that are going to not wear a mask and try to get in your face on purpose so i'm like fuck you're letting the you're letting the wrong ones in first and making it worse, right? So I would, I, ah, uh, I, 
when they first started doing a couple of handful of comics a week or so ago, of course, there's plenty of comics I know. A lot of the like the you know, the the open micer scene kind of comics, right? The 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 hobbyists as they were that just couldn't wait mm-hmm. to get back out there. And I'm like, I'm gonna go ahead and chill. I'm gonna wait and let this first wave of idiots go through. Does that? And I I, I hate the fact that that gets painted as though it's some sort of like, oh, you're just being weakness. You're just being weak. And you're giving in to fear. I'm like that's. Fear is a very important instinct in the human mind that keeps us alive. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're not supposed to run into needless danger. That's how, <laughs> evolutionarily speaking, that's how your genes die and minds live live on. Is that I wait and let you get eaten by the <laughs> tiger because you you didn't pay attention to the rustling in the bushes. I did, therefore fear kept me alive. Right, so. Putting fear as a <laughs> as a negative is is really stupid, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I I will probably even if they start soon around here, I'll probably like let it let it try to let it air out uh, yeah, before let, I <laughs> let the idiots go first, okay? And then it's gonna if you think about it, this will be a real cleansing for the comedy scenes of the world. You know, what I mean? <laughs> the, the, let the fucking let the bad ones and the morons go get sick first, and then when they clear out, it'll really, I think, benefit the herd. That's that. That's the herd immunity I'm looking for in comedy. <laughs> <laughs> but what about you? Like when when you look at when do you feel like you're gonna go out? Because I, you know, I follow you on on uh, like Facebook and stuff. I see you're smart. You're at, you're taking pictures of yourself out in public with with a mask on, staying away from people, you know? So for you and, and the way you look at it, when, when is it going to be cool for you to go out? What's, what, what are you looking for? Um, I, I am hoping by July, maybe, because uh, they, they, she extended the stay-at-home order for the Lower Peninsula until um, the middle of June. But she did that because she opened up the UP and she knows that there's a bunch of people who are like, I'm going to go to my cabin and Mm -hmm. spread it. And so I think we're waiting to see if there's like another spike two weeks from now. And then if, if, if all is, is clear, then I, I think I might be, be more comfy by July if there hasn't been a second wave yet. Yeah. That's pretty. We'll I, see. And I've been to the I've been to the Upper Peninsula a couple of times in my life, and uh, it reminds me exactly of like the rural parts of the Deep South. You know what I mean? It's like it's like the perfect place <laughs> to either commit a murder or write a novel. You know. <laughs> so I can imagine. Yeah. I can imagine how just you can't get people up there to do anything that they don't want to do anyway, right? You can tell them it's closed, but they're like, oh, okay, whatever. We're just gonna ignore that. Yeah, they um they took pictures too um of like the highway going up to the UP, and it was bumper to bumper on seventy five all the way from Detroit to the UP, and that's like a, a four and a half hour drive. But yeah, they're was, just they're just crazy. They're many? just doing it anyway, aren't they? They just don't give a shit. Yeah, they're like, I mean, most of those towns have like a, a four hospital bed. Like, <laughs> they are not equipped. 
I, I also I think about the the way herd animals because let's be honest that's what humans are we're a herd animal and if you're I see, think about it from your own individual perspective let's say you're just some guy who lives there outside of Detroit and you're like you know what I got to get away from this urban environment that's where people are getting sick I'm gonna go out to the to the Upper Peninsula but if <laughs> If a hundred thousand other fucking people are doing the exact same thing, you have now created, <laughs> you you've made it where you have to find the spot where no one else thinks to go. Like if I'm actually, I tell you what, if I'm if I'm a, a native of the Upper Peninsula, at the top of Michigan, I'm gonna go the other way. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it, I'm going to Detroit. I'm gonna get out. Of- <laughs> All these idiots are coming up here. They're they're bringing the the fucking beehive of fucking coronavirus up here with them. So I'm going to take this, I'm going to take the highway that has no traffic on it. Actually, that would probably be the smarter move. Like, you know, cause it's like you see one side of the freeway is bumper to bumper. The other side's empty. I'm going to drive on the empty road until I find traffic. And then when, I, <laughs> when I find traffic again, I'm going to turn to the direction that has no traffic on it again. And I think if you do that enough, you'll naturally lead to the wide open space where you think you'd be safe enough. Yeah. That'd be like a fun game too. <laughs> A survival game. Uh, it would be fun. I think, yeah. And I think as comics, we're kind of uh, we're, we're trained and suited for that because it's been it's like a it's like a road trip. It's like a triple run. You know, it's like fuck it. I'm gonna go to these <laughs> far off distant places where I used to do one nighters because you can't catch shit there. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> mm. Well, I've, I feel like oh my gosh, I feel like I've I've bummed you out enough talking about the the painful realities of this. So uh, let's take a quick little break, Sam. And uh, uh, when we come back, I'll ask you about some more some more fun stuff. Okay, that sound like a, a good idea. We'll take a little we'll have a little palate cleanser. We'll walk around. Yeah, you know what I mean. We'll we'll talk about that. Sounds good. We'll talk days, <laughs> and I want to hear um, uh, more about your album and more about your comedy. So we'll be right back with more Sam Rager right after this. Welcome back to the After Later Podcast. I'm your host, John Wessling. Hope you're having a great day, whenever this day is for you, the listener. Um, my guest today, uh, the very funny Sam Rager uh, out of Detroit, Michigan. Now, uh, Sam, do you call, like, the part of uh, Detroit that you call home, is that, uh, is that Motor City or Motown? What, what, what do you prefer? What, 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 uh, what part of town is it? Oh, I uh, I like Motown. Motown, okay. And I think that's Motown. a that sounds more fun, right? You know, Motor Motor City <laughs> kind of has a bit of a Kid Rock vibe to it. Oh yeah, and Motown has that sweet Aretha Franklin sound. Yeah, yeah, right. Like I would I would rather hang out in Motown than, than Motor City. Like I feel like I feel like Motor City <laughs> Motor City has a bunch of like uh, Red Bull can litter all over the place. You know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, dis- discarded yes. Trump flags and shit like that. Motor City doesn't sound like a place I want to hang out. Like, like I'm guessing that there's a Guy Fieri restaurant in Motor City. You know, Motown. Yeah, that, like, I feel don't like, tread you know, on me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's too much. Don't tread on me there. But like so t- with tire treads, they would like try to make it motor themed. Uh- <laughs> oh, they would, wouldn't they? Yeah. Yeah, they would totally do. <laughs> So, like, uh, I, I've only been to Detroit maybe twice in your life. Um, you defended Detroit. So, 
what is it that you like about it? What's, what's, what's it you dig about your hometown? Um, I dig the people. I dig the food a lot, the music, the, the Motown genre of music. I love, uh, I feel bad because I didn't defend it as much as I, I wanted to because I am so self-deprecating naturally in my humor. And so I was like self-deprecating about the city and, I'm like, oh, man, if somebody was watching this, they'd be like, does she even like living there? Uh, and I love it. I love the city itself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's um. funny. <laughs> I thought that would have been a good strategy in the Coast to Coast Roast is whenever someone, when they turn they shit on your city, is that you basically, um, you, you don't do the improv yes and. Like, yes. We do have a lot of sex trafficking, but you forgot to mention the underage prostitutes. Now, and then, like, just sort of more, more <laughs> roast yourself on top of what they said, right? I think that would have been a, a bold strategy. To like, and then never even acknowledge <laughs> them. Like, never even mention, you know, Cleveland's a shithole. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but, but you're right. You, we, we suck worse. <laughs> I mean, I don't think, I think they were judging on the jokes, not the intended target, right? That could have been a... <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's very true oh i wish i would have done that that's a genius strategy <laughs> <laughs> don't listen to me i didn't win either you know <laughs> and now, you you podium you podium job <laughs> that's right i got we got we got the bronze after the worst start i was basically that's like coming in third in a marathon after you break your leg at the starting line that was kind of what houston wound up doing <laughs> <laughs> now, hey, there's gonna be a disney movie made about you guys uh, <laughs> oh you were you were initially the underdogs after uh, at the beginning and then your rise to uh your rise to the end yeah we did kind of have a little bit of everything um where it started off as uh we were the joke we were the laughing stock of the first three days of that tournament and then we started we we added Trey, and then we made a run, and then we were the lovable underdogs. But then our underdog ran to where we actually became a favorite. You know, like <laughs> I was upset. Like uh, the, when they first put the, the the bracket out, we were supposed to be against San Francisco, right? So we had a whole day of writing jokes about San Francisco, and then they just tapped out. They just said, "Nah, we're good. We quit." Right? And they they then they put in Miami, <laughs> and I, I was like. Because, you know, I kind of pay attention to the overall vibe of things. I'm like, ah, this fucks our underdog story. Now they're the underdogs. They're the <laughs> ones who are getting called in on short notice. And they almost beat us. Like, we, we barely snuck by Miami 51-49, right? So uh, we, I was like, that was, a, that was a trap. That was a trap match right there. That's the one you're supposed to – that, that could have totally slipped up. And it totally changed the, It changed our whole story. And then after that, like, they were all talking about us like we're a favorite. And I wanted to tell them, stop fucking saying we're the favorite. Okay, we're riding the wave of people <laughs> rooting for us. Not, now they're going to root against us. But kind of – I feel like that happened a little bit. <laughs> yeah, what, what was, like, uh, amazing to me is that they, you both developed such a, a following that, like – even before the championship, on shows that Team Houston wasn't even on, you would see people in the comment section be like, H-Town, <laughs> <laughs> John and Trey. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. That was a trip. You know, 
And uh, I know we're kind of all over the place here, but it, it was such a fun experience. And, and I'm looking forward to, I don't know if you knew this or not, but uh, I had asked the, the people that run it, the Helium Club guys, about uh, are, now that it's over, are they going to post the videos? Because, you know, we didn't get any, we didn't get paid. There wasn't much of a prize. And now can I get some of that exposure? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so they're like, yeah, we're going to, uh, I guess like in uh, about three weeks from now, they're going to post all the, they're going to post their, you know, all the matches and everything, which is good because it, it feels weird that we, everyone did so much writing, so much, you know, uh, so much performance. And then, you know, only the people that paid for tickets got to see it. <laughs> Yeah, we, we yeah we basically had to write a new five minutes for every show, and you had to write like a crap ton that last week. Oh, dude, that was insane! Like the the way they set up the um, the playoffs. I'll say this for the people who are you know the, are, are listening that don't know is uh, it started off with a round of sixteen on Wednesday, and then on Thursday was the 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 round of eight. And then on third, or, yeah, and then Friday night was the finale where they had final four and the championship match. So in three days' time, we had to write for Miami and then Philadelphia, which to me was the toughest match of the whole thing. I was, I was, I thought for sure Pat Barker was going to whoop our ass. And, uh, and then on the final night, Minneapolis, and you had to write for Cleveland and Seattle. So in fucking three days' time, we had to write four three or four and usually about five jokes each so like 25 good jokes and now and i felt great about most of them and then i'm like now i feel like i want to get more mileage out of that work that we did i want to be able to spread it around i want it to be a a bit of a big deal after it's over as much as it was during it was happening i know that's selfish but that's just how i look at it no, I think it was like I think it was a good experience and like a good writing exercise to have as like part of our portfolios. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I feel stronger as a comic from it. I feel uh, and you know, as we were talking about in that first segment about the the overwhelming crushing despair of the fucking coronavirus situation. <laughs> uh, I felt like it was a good uh, distraction. It was something that gave me something to work on that was different than just writing stand-up stuff or worrying and obsessing over work lost and is it going to come back and even when it does come back like blah 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 it was like fuck it all i got to do now is set up this camera shot figure out how i'm going to deliver these jokes figure out i'm going to write them and it was it was it, it it felt good it was i wish i wish it was longer like i wish they'd have spread out those playoffs a little bit more so that we could have gotten an extra week out of being able to promote it to make a bigger deal out of it you know, it feels like yeah. it was just a, I feel like they just kind of at the end, it almost and I, I know it wasn't that way because the, the schedule was set before, but it felt rushed at the end. I'm like, this is what we were all building up for. And you're just getting it over with in three days. I don't know. Yeah, it, kinda... it was so, yeah, this the schedule towards the end, I was like, oh, there's so many uh, like relatives who of mine who had gotten like even though I wasn't in it anymore, they got invested at that point in like watching it. And it was, it was hard for some of them to like keep up towards the end with like three consecutive nights of, of shows. They were able to catch uh, most of them, but not all of them. Yeah. Well, I hope they come out and I hope that we can, you know, I hope we get some traction out of it. I hope that this is like, becomes a thing where it's like a legit credit, you know what I mean? It's uh cause there was a lot of really, really good comics in it. Like I was surprised to see some of the, the talent that had uh, agreed to be a part of it. And, 
Uh, I mean, you, for example, your stuff, you're, you, you're, the, I think you're a, a great comic. I've got to peek on a little bit of your stuff. I, we never got a chance to work with each other. We never met in real life, you know, but you know, as anyone who's a comic in, in today's industry, there's not, there's only about two degrees of separation from anyone. You know what I mean? <laughs> I guarantee mm-hmm. you that I am, I am probably a close friends with someone that you're close friends with. I, I haven't even looked to see who our mutual friends are, but I guarantee it. I just believe it. I know it, it, there's no way there's not, there's gotta be uh, a, a common, you know, a common link in there somewhere, but your <laughs> album is very highly spoken of, right? I'd like you to talk about your album because I know it's out there and available for sale. How long ago did you put out trigger warning? Um, last, uh, January of 2019, I put it out. Uh, and then, uh, it, it took a while for it to come out cause I recorded it in September of 2018. But, uh, I was so happy once like January hit, it was like a weight off my shoulders. Mm-hmm. I understand that it is. It's, um, it's an, it's an odd feeling, isn't it? When you put your baby out into the market. Yeah, uh, it, I felt uh, very self-conscious about it at first. And uh, there's like a, a weird sense of vulnerability uh, about making it more available to a wider audience. Yeah. Yeah, I I felt the same way. I, I put one out last year and I actually did a clean album. Um, so it was a little bit out of my normal strength i guess not that i'm a dirty comic but you know i like to use all the clubs in the bag as it were right so to 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 put out a clean album uh i felt like i felt like i was showing the soft underbelly like here's something different than what i normally do please love it you know i just had like a i was like so shy about it right and you can't be shy about things that you put out now you know, now you have to, you got to promote the living shit out of it. You have to spam people about things basically to, to, to get traction or to get attention on it. You know, uh, it's such an odd feeling, isn't it? Like, and then to get like anonymous comments on things. Oh, I can't, I can't fucking stand reading that shit. Yes. Oh, I hate, I, uh, I hate comments and I, it's always love not to, to read them, but I can't, I can't help it. I can't not uh, read like it the... either. <laughs> I don't know what kind of like masochism it is, but oh. I I, <laughs> I want to get theirs someday in my my mental health journey of just being able to to block it out. Oh, it's so hard. It's so tough to do. Oh, I can't. I mean, it gives me anxiety just fucking thinking about it and talking about it. Is yeah, and I'll give that advice to like younger comics that the other entertainers i'm like you have to i always tell them you, hey the law of large numbers you got, you're you're putting something out to millions of people no matter how good it is there's going to be thousands who fucking hate it we're going to say mean shit about it right so like hey don't read comments and if you do don't take them to heart okay that's great advice and then when it's your turn and you read that you're like you're you're having a good time the reviews are coming in everyone seems to like it this is great oh that's nice and then you get that one fucking troll <laughs> who says horrible shit about it. And then you get that, like that fight or flight response, you know what I mean? That, Oh, how dare this random fucko from who knows where with an anonymous name 
And it just like it, that's what that's what sticks in your fucking head. You know what I mean? Never mind the thousands who loved it, the friends and family who were raving about it, who were sharing it and just saying such nice things about you. But it's that one motherfucker who said mean <laughs> shit. I want to find him. I want to find him and 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 then I think I want to find them and fight them, but I really want to find them and cry at them and say, "Why did you do that? Why did you say <laughs> mean shit about my creativity?" <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's like performing and seeing the audience and they're all having a good time and that one person who's like sitting with their arms crossed. And it doesn't matter if everyone else is like laughing or giving applause breaks. Like my eyes cannot divert from that singular negative individual. That's all comic. That's how you I, I you know what? I will say this encouragingly. Um that's what that's how you know you're a real comic because I think there's some people who do comedy who are a little bit of a more, oh, a new wave social media type performer that just doesn't give a fuck. And they just are high on their own greatness and then have no problem self-promoting. You know what I mean? And they ignore any of that negative shit. They're almost like they have like a Buddhist fucking lamb peaceness to them about anything negative, right? (laughs) And if anyone gives them any negative uh, criticism, they just blow it off like, whatever, hater. I'm living my best life over here, you know, you know, and 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 they're being honest. They're being, they're 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 telling the truth. They don't give a shit. But for me, a, a comic is like what you just said. There you are on stage, looking at the sea of 300 people in a packed comedy club, rolling with laughter, applauding every witticism you come up with. But you don't see them. You see the one fucking guy pissed off in the eighth row, off to the side who looks bored, who checks their fucking phone. And you see that light of their phone. Uh, that's, that's what gets under your fucking skin. That's, that, that's how you know you're a real comic. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes to that. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I, like that. I, think, I think we're just starting a church at this point. We're like, mm-hmm. yes to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've seen like a couple, a couple of those like uh, very social media famous people perform, and the crowd. Um, I mean, they are there for them, but they they don't think that they're funny. And like the person would get off stage and be like, "I killed," and I was like, "That, that's uh, I, we have different definitions of killing." I didn't, I don't say that to them, but in my mind, I'm. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. And I, I hate to bag on people because I know that it takes it takes a, a grab bag of delusions to be able to do what we do on stage and to, to put yourself in, in that and the to, to make this your life. I get it. So I don't begrudge people their psychoses. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, people got to do what they got to do to go up there and do it. But that's that is the one that bugs me is the 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 ones that hear the ghost laughter. You know, that will (laughs) go up and perform essentially the comedy equivalent of a glass of tepid water. (laughs) And then they come off stage and they're going to they bust out their phone. They're live on Facebook. We fucking killed it, man. Another packed house. Oh, my God. We're blowing it. You know, like, how can you how can you do that? I mean, I want to just ask them, like, same way you ever you ever go like you ever see a magician? And yeah, I used to date. I used to date magicians. Oh, oh, hold on, time out. We're gonna get to that. 
you're gonna, you're not gonna, I'm not going to let you bury the lead that you said. Did. So you know how you, you get that anxious and you're like, okay, all right, that was that, you have to tell me how you did that trick. I want to do the same thing when I see those comics that are like that. And I'm like, okay, okay, great. Right, time out. No one's looking. You know you ate shit, right? I mean, tell me how you, how do you, how do you, how are you faking it with a straight <laughs> face, motherfucker? Because that's what I need to know how to do. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Now I got to ask Sam, because you just said, you used to date a magician for real? Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he didn't lead with the magic. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, he dropped that on you like a like a hidden family. <laughs> yeah, he had a he had a briefcase for his stuff that he like brought out, oh uh, and he did magic. And then he also he also yo-yoed professionally, and he kept his Duncans in a very fancy case as well. <laughs> oh my god! Oh and, my god! Uh, he thought he could. He thought he could do hypnosis too. Um. <laughs> I'm sorry. Thought he could do hypnosis is hilarious. Oh my god. Oh man. I've I've met several comedy hypnotists throughout the years and, and had friends, you know, friends with them. And I don't want to give away the magic trick, but it's basically bullshit. You get people who are attention whores and you give them a, a blanket of, of uh, deniability and just let and encourage them to kind of go with it. Right. I mean, you get anybody to stare at a fucking light bulb while Enya is playing for 15 minutes and then they're going to, they're going to fucking pretend. Oh, oh, I'm so sleepy. Oh, my shoe is a binocular. Oh my God. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's one of the easiest Oh, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just, oh, that's so funny. He thought he knew hypnosis. That's so fucking good. Oh, my God. Now, would, would, would he tell you how the tricks were done? Or was he even that good that there was even any, you know, mystery how the tricks were done? Was he a good magician yeah. is what I'm saying. Uh, I, I, am, I am sad to admit he was, like, pretty good at, at magic. Um, and he would, any time there was a party, he would, like, whip out like his lighter and he could do like lighter tricks or whatever um and then he he sometimes tried to show me and how he did it but he was he was his sleight of hand was very good not like in the bedroom but at least with magic it was good (laughs) (laughs) that's funny that's funny oh shit that's too good the one time we he tried to hypnotize me, we were like laying down in the be- in the bed together too, and I'm like, "Is this is this like trying to send me a message? Is this uh, just go to sleep? We don't need to talk." Kind of thing. <laughs> uh, that's what all he really does is is uh, the hypnotize you is he just, just distracts you and then makes the time on the clock go ahead twenty minutes so you think that it lasted longer. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the best trick but cell phones ruin that move i uh i feel bad i um i left like a, a skid mark on his bed before and i tried <laughs> i tried to like play it off like oh where did that come from <laughs> like that was a- 
Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, that's fucked up. That's fucked up because that's, that's that's a guy thing, right there. You're like you try try to cover it with liquid paper. <laughs> that must have been from my shoe. Oh God, that's hilarious. That's it. See, I got to tell you, uh, I I hope when this all clears up, because I believe it will. I hope we get a chance to work together because I think you're very, very funny and you got a great personality and you're just, you just, you're a nice person. I think uh, it's about time we saw some, uh, some good, nice people succeed in this business. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yes. Agreed. I'm excited to see you uh, when like, yeah, agreed when, when it, when it clears up, but I am geeked for, for when we hopefully get to perform together. Absolutely. Now let's, uh, I'm going to ask you the, 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 the usual final question. Oh, before I do that though, Uh, Let me just say, uh, you can uh, find Sam's album, Trigger Warning, pretty much anywhere you can download uh, uh, music or comedy. Uh, It's in regular rotation on Sirius XM. Not sure which channels, but there's like three or four of them, just so you'll be able to find it. Uh, SamRagerComedy.com is her website, and that's uh, Rager, basically spelled like Rager, right? Like this. Like, yeah, it looks yeah. way more fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. That's a, that you. You could actually have a, a stage name where you just essentially keep your name normal, but then just change the pronunciation of it. You could just be Sam Rager. <laughs> yeah, I never thought about doing that. I sh- I should just <laughs> be like have. Uh, pretend like I get to have some anonymity. <laughs> yeah, right. So that's funny. Yeah, you just. Uh, no, it's still spelled the same. I've just. Uh, uh, Replace the hard G with a JG, I guess is what you'd call it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I'm not really a linguist. I don't understand how that works. But, uh, but very, very funny stuff. Now, let's say, and I got to ask you my usual after later questions, because uh, this whole podcast was spawned in the response of the fucking shutdown, the, the goddamn plague. And it's made people, I mean, I, I know a dozen comics, uh, mostly comics that have, you know, were kind of old timers. That this was it, like this, this pretty much, like they're done, like they're saying, "Fuck it, I'm gonna go pull a shift at Carmax and move on with my life." Right? Um, if so, my first question: We start mild. If you had to quit comedy, if comedy was no longer an option, was no longer a thing, uh, what would you do for a living? Like, you, what you got any kind of trade? Are you a chef? Or what, what's the what's your thing? If you had to go to work as a Joe, what would you do? Um, I would want to, um, work in a museum. Ideally, there's not a ton of money left in in that industry. Um, I did work in communications and PR prior to comedy. So if I, if I needed the money, I might go back to that. But I mean, right now the, the PR industry is not doing too, too hot either. Yeah. And that suck when even your fallbacks are gone. Yeah, (laughs) it's like fuck, man. My escape hatch was radio. That's they're firing people worse than comics. So I'm like, shit, but that's gone. You know, yeah, I I feel the same. But that's kind of cool. I mean, you got to figure there's there'll still be museums. There'll still be PR, right? You're still gonna have to. That that's a that's a possibility. Okay, now that's that's the first. That's the mild version of the question. I'm a bit of a, I, I love sci-fi, I love zombie movies, I love shit like that. It's always been one of my escapes since I was a kid. And now we find ourselves, I mean, this whole thing is basically act one of a zombie movie, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like at some point, <laughs> you know, if, you're, if you're making this a movie, 
<clears throat> one of these rallies where everyone's there to to are, you let us go back outside. I don't want to wear a mask, and then someone's going to cough up blood. Boom, they're zombies, and then all hell breaks loose. So let's just say, <laughs> I always feel it's better to be prepared than unprepared, right? Let's say mm-hmm. all hell broke loose. This got way worse. Society completely collapsed. And we found ourselves in a Walking Dead slash Mad Max fucked up dystopian future. Uh, and you found yourself, after months of whatever, at the barricaded gates of the local warlord compound. They have their crossbows drawn on you, saying, who goes there? What job could you do that you would be able to survive in that world? Like, you're like hey, well, I'm good at gardening or whatever it is. What, what, would, be, what would be your hook to survive in that world? <laughs> um, maybe, uh, I mean, I, I, might, I might be barren. I don't know. But I, I'm thinking breeder. Because <laughs> in, any, in any of those movies, That's... if you see a pregnant person, they live till the end. <laughs> that's hilarious okay that's um all right i'm gonna i look at myself when i ask this question as sort of a post-apocalyptic guidance counselor you know so i'll tell you a possible possible breeder is that is a very smart job choice you know what i mean that you, you gotta figure if you if this warlord is even mildly invested in the future they're going to want to to make more people right i mean that just that seems like a smart play you got to have more people to i don't know win or survive so yeah that's that's a smart play right there possible breeder that's good now i always tell people like because i've had this is probably i think the 36th episode where I've, i've asked people this kind of question and since most of my guests are comics you'd be surprised at least a dozen have said well i'll be a court jester I'll be the funny one. And I'm like, I'm sorry to inform you, but that is no longer a full-time position. All right. <laughs> that might be something you do at night around a fire to kind of keep yourself in the good graces. But during the day, you're going to have to do something else. You're going to have to either, like I said, grow food, hunt. Sometimes you just have to be a, like a basic soldier. Like, okay, you have to, you have to be the guy with the gun who goes and, you know, you have to be the expendable fucking henchman basically right and almost everyone at least on a part-time basis is also a prostitute <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and so i look at it as like the modern day is preparing us for this because everyone's a hyphenate no one gets to do just one job anymore <laughs> so <laughs> like for me i was like uh, i'm learning how to garden you know growing food that seems important you can't just you know live off of eating drifters you gotta have a vegetable every now and then so i think (laughs) so i think you know a little bit of gardening a little bit of carpentry like i can fix decks and shit like that and then of course you know prostitute i i'm not gonna be good at it i'm not gonna like it but that's probably (laughs) what's gonna happen at some point hey all, all those side hustles that's uh yeah the the pre pre COVID world prepared us. You're right. You I really think did. I think I'd probably garden too or be a gatherer. I see like movies and I'm like, oh, I want to be a hunter or a warrior, but I don't have that kind of athletic uh, ability behind I th- me. I think about that too. Like, like I I know that if I was in a 
we have to defend the fort, the bad guy. You know, if it came down to it, I could grab a gun, I could grab an axe, and that part I don't think like I could get there. You know what I'm saying? I could get there emotionally, mentally, I could do that. But if it was like full blown, like my fitness is not going to hold up. I'm not going to be able to go fight somewhere else. You know what I mean? It's the it's the packing up all your shit and sneaking through the forest and all that shit. By the time we got to where it was time to fight, I'd be like, I'm fucking tore up, man. My feet are killing me. My back is messed up. I'm pretty sure I broke a toe. <laughs> Fuck that. Like I, I'd be good at like defense, not at, at offense. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes. I Same. Same. <laughs> now, I tell you what, you mentioned that you would could possibly like now either be like a museum docent or do PR. Do you think you could apply some of those skills? Like, do you think that perhaps you could become an advisor to the warlord and help them with the positive PR, how to spin things? You know, I don't know if there's a press release thing anymore, other than just sort of nailing something to a tree for everyone to read in the courtyard. But uh, that does seem like (laughs) there's a hustle available there. Yeah, uh, maybe I could uh, teach about the before times uh, uh, as well. Uh, kind of like a museum set up a, a curated area about uh, artifacts like a, a remote and uh, a CD player and, and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> stuff Children, gather around. I'm going to tell you about the legend of Twitter. (laughs) It's just crazy enough to work. Well, Sam, thank you so much for coming on after later today. I really appreciate it. It was a a treat to meet you digitally and I hope to see you in the real life uh, as soon as this all clears up. Yeah, I look forward to it. Thanks again to my guest today, Sam Rager. Very, very funny. It was a good conversation. I enjoyed that immensely. Check out her comedy, samragercomedy.com. That's S-A-M-R-A-G-E-R comedy.com. If you can't spell comedy, I can't help you. You know, ask a friend, ask someone nearby. Her album, uh, Trigger Warning, is available, currently playing on SiriusXM. You can download it pretty much anywhere you buy comedy. Uh, yesterday I was supposed to have, uh, Ricky Cruz, my buddy from Miami on the show, but we had, um, a cascade of events that, uh, conspired to keep us from being able to record. Um, he had, you know, he, he's just like me, he's stuck at home with the kids. So, uh, kid stuff kept pushing back our recording time about the time we started getting it lined up, good connection problems. And then, uh, next thing you know, as is common here in the Houston area, Uh, We had tons of uh, tornado warnings, massive storm blew through, power outages, Wi-Fi going out. So we're like, you know what? The gods have spoken. Let's do this later. So me and uh, Ricky are going to record probably tomorrow for an episode we'll put out over the weekend. And you got to hear that. Uh, Tomorrow I'll be joined by my partner in the Coast to Coast Roast, uh, who I think is the real MVP. Kid stepped in, the sixth man off the bench, uh, Trey Tutson will be on uh, with me tomorrow. That's going to be a good one. So anyway, I hope you're enjoying it so far. I'm enjoying making it. Uh, Here on the After Later podcast, we strive to interview interesting and unique people, and we're always looking for more. Uh, If you'd like to be a guest 
on the After Later podcast. Hit me up on Twitter. That's at John Wessling, J-O-H-N-W-E-S-S-L-I-N-G. The show's Twitter, After Later, A-F-T-E-R-L, number eight, letter E-R. The show's Facebook fan page is the is uh, After Later podcast. And my personal comedy fan page is John Wessling Official. Thanks again to Scott Henry, my first sponsor of the podcast. Uh, also had a great episode with him on where we talked about the uh, the UFO documentary on Netflix called Unacknowledged. If you haven't seen that yet, you got to. It'll blow your mind. Trip you out. <laughs> I'm still not right from, from watching it. I'm, I'm just positive. I'm just positive there's got to be aliens. They're here. They're coming back. But anyway, we'll talk about that more later. Uh, but Scott Henry, thank you very much. If you would like to be a sponsor of the After Later podcast, I sure would appreciate it. Every little bit helps. Um, if you go to the uh, main page of the show on Anchor, that's anchor.fm slash after later. There's a little support button there. You can give me a dollar a month, $5 a month, $10 a month, whatever it is. I sure would appreciate it. And I will thank you profusely as I have Scott Henry throughout the, uh, the first <laughs> two months of the podcast. Um, yeah, basically, if you have any kind of small business or any kind of liner or commercial you want me to read, sponsor the podcast. I'll be more than happy to do that for you. Sure will be cool. Uh, other than that, um, man, thing has been good. I do want to thank again uh, the fine people at the Helium Comedy Club uh, or clubs, I should say, the chain, um, uh, also known as Helium Presents, their digital uh, production company, for putting on the Coast to Coast Rose. It was an amazing experience. I feel like I got to uh, meet and talk with a lot of other comics. I got to uh, uh, to compete with. I got to uh, create with. It was a, a very, very positive uh, experience for me. It was a great distraction. I, I needed that immensely and uh, was very, very happy to come in third place. It was hard fought and uh, I look forward to being a part of it uh, again. I think they should do it again, come hell or high water. Even this coronavirus shit clears up. I think they should do it again next year. I don't necessarily think that I should be on Team Houston again. I would if asked, uh, but you know, some sort of advisor role. I think we should find two new comics from each of these cities and different cities and and um, and then just sort of have us that have been involved in it in the past uh, to sort of help and coach and, uh, and do some writing. I'd love doing some writing. And my writing partner, Tommy Drake, uh, uh, he was sort of the, the, the silent third slash fourth uh, partner of the team. Uh, getting to work with my buddy Tom uh, was a fantastic experience. And uh, now we're working on yet another thing that we're going to be giving. Uh, we'll be breaking uh, to you guys very shortly uh, here on the Afterlighter podcast. But other than that, thank you so much for listening today. My thanks again to my guest, Sam Rager, Trey Tutson tomorrow, Ricky Cruz over the weekend, then a great new week next week. If you're in the Houston area, I will be telling jokes on Friday, June 5th at Rudyard's Pub. Uh, great comedy venue uh, right there in the heart of the old neighborhood uh, inside the loop right off a wall. Uh, I, and I made sure they're going through all the proper procedures to keep things clean, to keep things socially distant and appropriate. It's going to be very small, limited uh, seats available. My buddy Tommy's going to be on the show as well. And uh, if you so if you're in the Houston area and you're, you're kind of pent up and stuck in the house and you want to go poke your head out for a good night out, uh, look that up. Uh, tickets are available on Eventbrite. It's called The Riot on uh, Friday, June 5th. So yeah, I think I got that out. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. That was the After Later Podcast, and I am your host, John Wessling. Until next time, bye. Everybody say bye. Nailed it.